0: What happens when you put joy, superheroes, and a love of all things good and holy together? You get the Guardians of Virtue podcast, designed for saints who want to fight for the most precious of all gifts of our time, virtue. Join your host, Elisa Lindsey Johnson, that's me, as I discover everyday heroes who all have one thing in common, a desire to fight as guardians of virtue. For God, freedom, and our families, let's discover together what it really means to be a guardian of virtue. Welcome to episode eight of the Guardians of Virtue podcast. Today, my guest is Emma Ellis. And Emma, to me, is a guardian of priesthood. If you follow her on Instagram, her Instagram handle is, you spell it, let's see, at poherful. So so it sounds like powerful. P-O-H-E-R-F-U-L. And she talks a lot about the priesthood and, and what that means. And also a lot about the temple. And I have loved following her. And I've learned a lot about the power of the priesthood and gained a better understanding because of what she shares and talks about. So I'm so excited to introduce Emma Ellis as a guardian of the priesthood. So Emma grew up in Logan, Utah, as the youngest of six children. She has been married to her incredible husband for seven years, and they have beautiful, spunky twin girls, Curious sweet boy and a dog named Max, who they joke is their firstborn. They live on a little farm in the Wasatch Mountains and love to do everything outdoors. She can't keep a plant alive, even the low maintenance ones, for the life of her, but still somehow believes she can every spring. She loves the rain, mountains, shoes, dad jokes, bacon, hot air balloons, and pranks and prefers to keep things real. She started the Instagram account, Powerful, to spread the goodness of God's power and encourage women to grow their love for God's temples. All right, without further ado, let's do this. Well, Emma, thank you for joining me today on my podcast. I've been so excited to talk to you about the priesthood, and um, and I've decided that you're a guardian of priesthood. And I'm sure that when people hear this, they're going to be confused or unsure of why a woman could be a guardian of the priesthood, of the virtue of priesthood. But uh, I I love how you talk about the priesthood power on social media, and I think that people follow you, they'll gain a better understanding of the they had prior to this and when I say the priesthood it doesn't mean the men like you posted about that (laughs) it means the power of God (laughs) yes (laughs) oh thank you so much yeah um I love I feel like and and maybe Heavenly Father has just made me more aware of this since I've started the whole podcast and, and preparing for everything but like I feel like there's a huge resurgence of people sharing the gospel online and a lot of women. And that's not something I was seeing or noticing six months ago. So I don't know if it's a new thing or if, or if because I'm looking for it, it's there, but it's (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) Yes. No, I've noticed the same thing and it's incredible. Yeah. So let's talk about the priesthood and I put yeah that you're also guardian of divine nature because I feel like both of those kind of coincide. Um, within the priesthood, women and men have their own roles and and they are divinely appointed because of our divine nature. Um, Well, thank you so much. That is a huge compliment. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's get started. Okay. Uh, um, So like I said before, I love everything that you post about uh, women in the priesthood. And um, as the understanding of gender roles has changed over the last several years in our society, the understanding of what the priesthood is and what it means has kind of been lost. Um, what is one truth you wish one understood about the
1: Oh, man,
0: this is such a good
1: question because I think for so long uh, there has been a blanket statement on the priesthood, and it is usually referred to as priesthood power, which priesthood, po- I mean, priesthood offices, but priesthood offices are vitally important in the gospel and in. Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father's plan, but it is not what the priesthood is, God's power and authority that he delegates to men. So, I mean, in the gospel topics section of the church's website under priesthood, it defines priesthood as immortality. Priesthood is the power and authority that God gives to man to act in all things necessary for the salvation of God's children. The blessings of the priesthood are available to all who receive the gospel. And the, I know that in this definition, it refers to men because men receive the opportunity to fulfill the roles and responsibilities within priesthood offices, which, like I said, is really vital like vital to everything in his gospel. But I wish that the one truth that people recognized about the priesthood is that his priesthood applies to everyone. It re- You know, it applies to men, women, and children in a variety of different ways. And his priesthood is not just priesthood offices. Like, for example, men and women both have priesthood authority within their callings when they are set apart, or men and women receive access to his priesthood power by being endowed in the temple. Children and they get baptized also have access to priesthood power. um, And the list just goes on and on and on. So it's really important to not put a blanket statement on his priesthood and to not refer to it as only a portion of his priesthood and to give credit where credit is due and to give credit to him because it is his priesthood and there's a lot of portions within his
0: priesthood. Love okay. that. Um okay, so what is your conversion story? Like have you have you always been a member? Yeah, where did where did this all begin? This understanding of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I mean it's a really long story. I'll try to keep
1: it concise, but <laughs> I, mean, I, okay, well, I I grew up in the gospel my whole life. Thankfully, I have been very blessed by that. And I've been very blessed to grow up in a family who gave me a foundation of my testimony. Um And honestly, I never had an issue with the priesthood. Like, especially as a woman, I, um, I have always been really grateful for the roles and responsibilities that men have held within their priesthood offices. Um, I grew up with a dad who was always willing to give priesthood blessings, and he always fulfilled his callings. And um, my parents go to the temple often, like it was just, I was really fortunate with that. But I am also not naive to women experiencing hurtful experiences from priesthood holders who are not fulfilling their roles and responsibilities the way they should. And um, so I'm not naive to hurt and, you know, experiences that women have had, but I am really appreciated and I have a lot of respect for worthy priesthood holders. So I'm really, really grateful for that. But really my journey began with understanding the priesthood more because With all that, even though I grew up in the gospel, I honestly never associated the priesthood with me. Mm -hmm. I always referred to it and associated it with men, which is okay, but I'm really, really grateful that in 2018, President Nelson gave the talk, Spiritual Treasures, because that was the pivotal moment for me, really, of truly beginning to understand. I mean, even before that, President Oaks gave a talk about priesthood authority and he referred to it as, you know, when, me- when women have a calling, they also have priesthood authority. Like, what other authority would it be? And I remember being confused in that talk, but, you know, not really thinking anything of it. But President Nelson's encouragement to really learn, I remember he said, like, One of the things that he said was how I yearn for you to understand that the restoration of the priesthood is just as relevant to you as a woman as it is to any man. And he said, those who are endowed in the house of the Lord receive a gift of God's priesthood power by virtue of their covenant, along with the gift of knowledge to know how to draw upon that power. So that's really when it began. I started studying all the scriptures that he referred to. Um, because I kept feeling like a really strong push to understand it more. And I remember I read the scriptures and they didn't really make sense. So I kind of like stopped. And then I got like the book from Barbara Morgan Gardner, The Priesthood Power of Women. And I remember I listened to it and I I honestly had to stop because it was way over my head because I was still (laughs) associating the priesthood with priesthood offices. And so none of it was making sense because I was like, This does not apply to me. Like, I don't understand it at all. But um, after a lot of studying and experiences that I had with, you know, Sunday school classes, and I had an experience with someone else in the temple, and not being able to explain to her that women do have the authority to officiate the ordinances that they received by the priesthood, by the temple president who holds priesthood keys. There were a lot of moments like that that really made me dive into it more because I never wanted to be in a situation where I couldn't explain it to someone because it meant so much to me at that point. Right. So that's really like how it's, I mean, how it started. It's been a long process. It hasn't been overnight by any means, but I am so grateful for President Nelson's encouragement to truly begin to understand our role within his priesthood as well as women um because it has like truly
0: changed my life um i i feel like it goes over my head still sometimes like <laughs> um, whenever you post something i'm like yeah that makes sense but like i've never thought about it you know like because just like you I, I guess i've always i've always taken the priesthood power for or like to advantage of it just knowing that it's there not i, I i've never Felt like I've been oppressed because I don't have it the way the world's yeah, and so um, yeah. But it's so important to understand that it that it's there for us. Um, yeah, that's um cool. so what experience have you had in life that has uh, and loved the power and those who hold it? And I guess you've already shared uh experience you had with this talk, but um, what else? Oh man, I so growing up, I honestly
1: never recognized the access that my mom and dad had, like, had access to their priesthood power by being endowed in the temple, Um, because I never associated it with the priesthood. I thought, you know, you, I know you went to the temple to receive, you know, and make covenants with God, but I didn't really fully understand it. it. It honestly wasn't talked about. I'm glad that it's being talked about more. It still needs to be done in a sacred way, but it's being talked about more now, which I'm really, really grateful, for, not only for myself, but for the upcoming generation. But growing up, I never recognized that my mom and dad had access to priesthood power. So I think in my childhood, there were, were a lot of like countless moments that could have been mistaken for other things when really they were the priesthood power that my parents had because they were keeping their covenants. Um But one of the really pivotal moments for me personally was actually just recently in July. Um, And at this point, I had a really good understanding of, you know, all the nuances of his priesthood. And I was studying it a lot. And I was going to the temple every week because I needed a goal to. And um, but in July, I was in a really bad razor accident at a state girls camp um, because I'm a leader there. And it was really hard because I was actually the driver. So mentally, it was really challenging. And I mean, it was a complete fluke accident. Like I wasn't even being irresponsible. Um, There's like a lot of things that went into this accident happening. Um, But when it happened, so we rolled down a mountain five and a half times. And I remember when we started rolling, I had a very distinct voice say, hold on to the steering wheel and do not let go. So I held on to the steering wheel and it was like a very distinct voice. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who it is, obviously, but it was hold on to the steering wheel. Do not let go. And we rolled um, three times sideways and then we started rolling backwards. So we started catching momentum. And I remember feeling a lot of peace at that time. But it was also I had the thought of like, when are we going to stop rolling? Because it just felt forever. And then all of a sudden we just landed perfectly into this little square of dead trees. And um, so I remember we landed perfectly and miraculously no one was hurt. Like this had a, this razor had a cloth roof on it, no windows. We were rolling over dead tree branches, um, over trees, over rocks. Like it was not just like this perfect little hillside (laughs) and No one was hurt, even one of my young women. So there was four young women and um, another leader in with us. And even one of the young women remembered her arm being rolled on, but she only had a bruise. So it was a complete miracle, like complete miracle. And I remember there were so many things that ran through my mind that week because as a driver, mentally, it was really challenging. Um, Because I love those girls with my whole heart and I would never put them in a dangerous situation. And I know that it was an accident, but, you know, it was really difficult to process. But Heavenly Father definitely helped me through that moment with helping me to recognize the miracles. But that previous week, I actually attended the temple the Saturday before we went to girls camp. And I remember thinking about attending the temple and The quote by President Nelson, I can't remember what talk he gave it in, but he said, every time you worthily serve and worship in the temple, you leave armed with God's power and with his angels having charge over you. And that just would repeat in my mind over and over and over because truly God's power was in that moment and his angels were definitely with us, like no no doubt about it. And I know that like, that's a pretty crazy story to associate with God's power, but really I was a witness to his power that day. And I was a witness to the ministering of angels that we have access to when we're in doubt in the temple. And I know that we don't have like life-saving miracles every day Mm -hmm. and there are countless, but I know that there is also countless times in our life that we have access to ministering of angels and we have access to his power to ask for the ministering of angels or for greater strength against the adversary, or to be helped to withstand temptation and to be able to commune with God. And those are all blessings that we have access to through the covenants that we make worthily. And so that really shaped my view, but also my love of His power. And it was just a really good reminder and experience of His magnitude of power that we are able to have access to by going through the temple
0: and keeping our covenants absolutely um i a couple years well it was right you know after covid started going crazy right and the world was shut down and um i've said before on my podcast but i'm a i'm a pianist by trade i teach piano and um christmas i do a christmas concert in my home just like a small concert and um i had decided to try one for easter because i wanted to have the challenge of learning songs and and also i just love music about jesus christ and um sharing that with other people but because it was right in the middle of the beginning of covid and shutdowns and everything like that all of this music i had prepared was like i couldn't perform it with in my home and so i wasn't going to do anything it just was what it was and I, um, I really felt strongly like I needed to do like a, a live concert on social media. So on like Instagram and Facebook, which I had done that for my Christmas concert. Cause I have family on the other side of the country and, and I want my mom and dad to hear me play, you know, and so, so I would do that. And, uh, so anyways, I, um, the, the day I was going to do, I don't, I, it might've been Easter Sunday, um, but. I had, like, announced that I was going to do it and, and stuff, and, uh, and I was helping cook dinner, and I, um, have this, I have an immersion blender. I don't know if you've ever used those. They're amazing. Yeah. Oh, man, make, they look really cool. <laughs> yeah. I use them to make, like, guacamole. It's, like, one of the tools in my house, kitchen, that I could never not have. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, I, and I, This is the second experience I've had like this and I'll tell you the first one. But first I'll tell you this one. Um, I had taken the immersion blender, like I had finished blending what I was blending and I had taken it out. And usually what I do is I, is I either unplug the immersion blender or I disconnect the, the electrical part, you know, with the buttons to like the, um, part with the blade and then I'll clean out the blade with my finger. And the reason why I detached that is because several years ago with my immersion blender, I didn't do that. And I went to clean it out and accidentally pressed the button and I cut my finger and my nail and it was extremely painful. Like I didn't have to get stitches, but it was, it was bad. And so anyways, this time for some reason, even though after years of, you know, being careful about that, I didn't, I didn't unhook. On this Easter day, I didn't unhook the immersion blender, I didn't unplug it, and I went to scrape through the thing, and I turned it on, and the blade just bumped against my finger. <laughs> Nothing happened, and oh. um, and there's a special power that comes when you're willing to do what Heavenly Father wants you to do, and He's going to help you make it happen. I could have, I could have hurt my finger so bad because those blades are so sharp. But he wanted he I still have the scars from the first time. Like they're a reminder, and I try to be careful, but he must have really wanted me to play the piano for people because music is a magical power. Like it to me, music is an extension of the priesthood power. And to be able to share that with people, it changes hearts in ways that words only words cannot. And so he must have wanted me to do that. But that's just another example of of I mean, sacrifice and doing you know, serving other people—that's part of our covenants, right? And so yeah. He's going to help us fulfill those covenants if that's what in the way He wants
1: us to do it. So. Wow, that's incredible! I mean, not only are you serving others, but you are testifying of Him through music, which mm-hmm. is part of the covenants that we make in the temple too. Which is so beautiful that wow, that's incredible that you were protected in order to be able to testify and serve. That day, wow!
0: No, I don't test that. Like I don't try and do that more. (laughs) Yeah, oh for sure, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But but at least don't go do it on purpose. (laughs) But again, like it's that it's like what you said in your car crash, right? Like it could have been worse, but he protected you. I think of the I think of the um, story in the Book of Mormon where the sons of human were protected because of the covenant their parents made to not like. None of none of them were killed. They were injured, <laughs> but none of them were killed, and yeah. and they were protected because their mothers, their covenants Oh man, that all gives me the chills. That's incredible. No, oh, there is so, a, and I'm sure if we looked, that that's that story I love because of the mothers. Like, mm-hmm. they they knew their mothers knew it, and because they knew their mothers knew it, then they would they knew they would be okay. Yeah, mothers. Oh have man, to the priesthood power that way.
1: Yes. That's actually my goal this year is to read the Book of Mormon and highlight everything related to his power. Because I mean, the entire book is filled with his power and miracles after miracle and you know, all the things, but, and it's another Testament of him, which Mm -hmm. he is the power that we have access to. So I'm really excited to read it in that light, but it's really cool that you brought that up because the mother's. You know, we're keeping their covenants as well. And there's a lot of, there's a really special, I don't, I think we underestimate sometimes. Um, And it doesn't make our life invincible by any means. And it doesn't mean that we don't get hurt. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you do get hurt in crashes or in accidents or, you know, it's not that you're, it's not that we're invincible, but there's a lot of really special power in a lot of moments by, keeping your covenants that sometimes I think we underestimate or we overlook, but keeping your covenants and the access that you have because you
0: were endowed with his power
1: is just so incredible once you really
0: start recognizing it. Yeah. I love that you, you mentioned, and again, this is something that I've said before, but life is just because we keep our covenants. I think that's something that I grew up thinking that if, if I, do what I've promised to be saved. Well, no, no, because life is hard. And it's, that's the only way we're going to learn is experience the hard. And so um, there, there's been struggles I've had in my life. And, and there's one time where my husband gave me a blessing. And uh, in that blessing, it said that I need to remember to access the power of the atonement, Jesus Christ's atonement. And and I was like, I haven't, like, I haven't sinned. This is not a sin that I'm asking for a blessing for. What, like, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. But the atonement of Jesus Christ was also, he also did that for our pain. And so, even though we experience the pain, we can access that power to help make that burden light. So,
1: oh man, I love that you said that. So, in President Nelson's talk as well, and again, I can't remember which one because he has so many good ones, but he says that Christ's atonement is the source of our priesthood power that we're endowed with. It's definitely correlated. And I'm still trying to understand. I think it's going to take my whole life and more to understand it, because we're talking about his atonement and his power. So I think in our mortal minds, it's kind of impossible to fully understand. But from what I do understand, it is... Oh man! I mean, it, once you start recognizing Christ's atonement correlated with priesthood power and His priesthood in general, especially within the temple, it will completely change your whole outlook. So, I really love that that was said in your blessing. That's that's incredible.
0: Yeah, and and that's why I love. Gosh, the Savior is so amazing, right? Like, I know <laughs> ah, he's so good, and the fact that like. Yes, he came here so our sins can can be forgiven. Like we're not we're not perfect. We need we need help, and he's done that for us. But he suffered all of the all of the pain that we're experiencing. So on my hard days that I have with fibromyalgia, like he experienced that. He knows everything, and he can help me feel better. And not necessarily physically better. I might not ever feel better, right? But like, yeah. You can help me with the little things or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that is the priesthood power that any, anytime somebody changes because they asked heavenly father and Jesus Christ for help is the priesthood power because it's the power of God that changes us. Yes, absolutely. But I should stop because you're supposed to be the one teaching us. <laughs> oh no, I love this so much. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I have three daughters. I don't, do you have any daughters? I do. I have two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, How old are yours?
1: So they're actually twins.
0: Okay.
1: Um, And they're five. Bless you. I'm yeah. sure
0: that has been a fun challenge.
1: <laughs> it has. <laughs> they're incredible. I, oh man, they're such a blessing can for sure. I can tell
0: you, like, so my oldest is almost 14. Okay. And then I have an 11 year old and a nine year old daughter. And then my youngest is a, but um motherhood just gets better yeah it's uh and of course there's always going to be hard things but there's something really fun about and oh, i love I mean, hearing that you know, hear that very often so i love that yeah no uh of course teenagers are teenagers but there is i just the kids that are coming to us these days are they really are um but my question is if you um I want, I want my daughters to have a better understanding than I do or than I did when I was their age. So, um, I guess thinking forward to when you have to do this with your daughters or as you're doing that with your daughters, um, and for me and for anyone listening who has daughters, what are some tips that you can give them to help them teach their daughters about <laughs> Well, I have a lot. So how many do yeah. you want? <laughs> um, we have time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Um I mean I mainly thought of I kind of tried to narrow it down to three. Okay. Because th- I love love this question and this topic because it is really important to me to talk not only about this to other women but especially to well and men but especially to our youth and upcoming generations. Um because I do believe that these are the latter days and just like President Nelson and all of the leaders have been teaching us to gather Israel, I truly believe that in order to do that, we all have to recognize what his priesthood is because that is what's going to make it possible. And so what our roles and responsibilities are within that, right? So I think the first one, and I'm really big on this, but it's terminology and it's to really be intentional with the way that you teach and communicate. The priesthood terminology with them. So it's really important to help them understand that, you know, like we talked about earlier, that the priesthood is a whole. So it's like as a whole, it's his priesthood and he authorizes and delegates it in a variety of different ways. Um, But then help them recognize and understand that they can receive all of the blessings of the priesthood that is actually pertaining to all his children all of his children get the blessings of the priesthood and it's not just priesthood blessings. It's everything that um, you get blessed, like the blessings of the priesthood we have access to as well. Um, Just like in the definition that I talked about earlier. Um, Another thing is like help them understand that they receive priesthood authority when they receive a calling. So this is something I'm really big in, in my calling as well. So I'm an advisor in young women's, but I try and help them understand that when Like even they receive priesthood authority when they receive callings. I mean, that's why you don't receive callings until after you're baptized is because you have to participate in the priesthood ordinance in order to receive priesthood authority. It's like a whole line upon line, right? But um, it's really powerful for them to recognize that because, and it's really important for them to start understanding that at such a young age so that they can understand it in, you know, future callings as well but also help them to recognize and understand about priesthood covenants and ordinances that they receive in the temple. And, you know, the list just goes on and on and on. But I mean, that leads me into number two, which is, I think it's really important to teach young women and men, but teach them to respect worthy priesthood holders. And, but with that, to recognize that all of us are doing the very best that we can, and that they are not invincible just because they are priesthood holders. So it's really important to recognize, you know, the difference between priesthood holders who abuse their priesthood authority and they aren't doing it in a respectful way to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, but to recognize, you know, the difference between a priesthood holder and a worthy priesthood holder who is truly representing Christ. So there's an importance there and I can go on about that, but it's really important to respect priesthood holders and priesthood offices, because it really is pivotal and vital to everything in his gospel. And it leads us to be able to do everything that we have and do in his gospel.
0: And to to piggyback on that really fast um, when they're, when they're called or reading them Uh means not to back talk, like not to talk bad about them, support them, you know? And so, yes, that's such a good, important thing. And, and also, I think i kind of understood what that meant when i was a kid but as i've been in leadership callings as an adult and possibly you know had some experiences where i might not like have like might not have liked something a priest holder did or said um at the end of the day i still had to ask myself well do i still still sustain them like you know, but that's That's part of respecting them. That's part of respecting Heavenly Father. Yeah. And I think
1: there's like a difference between like, oh, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to use like the words correctly because I love that so much where there are a lot of experiences. Like I've experienced it as well, where, you know, you're dealing with other human beings who have this role and responsibility. It's not like you're dealing with someone who is, infallible, you know, like who is invincible. So it teaches us to, like I was, and that's actually what I was going to say next is in relation to respecting priesthood holders within priesthood offices and their roles and responsibilities, because honestly, I think it's a really incredible, beautiful thing that they get an opportunity to do. And I love that they get to do it. And I love that for them. Um, and I have a lot of respect and like love for worthy priesthood holders who represent Christ well, um, but in relation to that, I think we underestimate our role within that as well, which is supporting and sustaining and comforting and uplifting um, priesthood holders. And those roles are not less than. I think. I mean, those roles are Christ-like attributes as well, and those those roles that we have as women and supporting them in their roles is a really great opportunity to also represent Christ. That's not undermining that we, that's our only role within his priesthood, but it is a role that we have that we shouldn't underestimate. So number three though, is uh, teach them to go to the temple as soon as they possibly can and teach them about the importance of their covenants, their um, like their priesthood covenants, the ordinances that they partake in and just because in the temple, honestly, everything related to priesthood is actually equal among men and women. So when men participate in their priesthood covenants, they're not participating in their priesthood office roles and responsibilities. Um, the man and the woman equally kneel at the altar to participate in priesthood covenants together. So everything related to priesthood in the temple is related to men as well as it is related to women. So I always tell people when you go to the temple, Every time they say priesthood, recognize that it also applies to you, especially as a woman, because once you start recognizing that it's not just pertaining to men, then it opens up like a whole new understanding of who you are as a daughter of God, but also who they are as sons, sons of God as well. So I am always like, go to the temple as soon as you possibly can, but also recognize the importance of going to the temple and the magnitude of the covenants that you make. but. How incredible would it be to recognize that you have all of the access to the blessings of the priesthood and priesthood power and that you're endowed with power when you're going to college or when you're trying to find a spouse or when you're living with a difficult roommate or right. when you're away from home or whatever it is.
0: I just I had an interesting thought. And maybe I'm thinking about this because my daughter's will tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting. It's her first time. And um, and. And the image of my daughter's temple recommend came to my mind as you were talking. Um, and in a sense, that recommend is an extension of the priesthood. It is your permission to go to the temple and be part of the ordinances. Like they get, they have permission to go and do saving ordinance like baptism and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost for people that can't. And that in and of itself is, and I can't, I, I wish I would have thought of this before I cannot wait to tell my daughters that, like, how exciting to be able to tell my daughters, no, like, th- this is you participating in the power of the priest. I was going to tell you though
1: that, um, there's a talk about temple recommends, I'll have to send it to you, but it talks about being recommended to the Lord, yeah, mm-hmm. and I really love that too. So, I would recommend that for your daughters as well when mm-hmm. they go through the temple because. That is an incredible talk about being recommended to the Lord, but being able to do everything in his name, which is one of the things that we covenant and which is what activates his priesthood power and all of the good stuff. So Mm -hmm. I would
0: definitely, um, I love that visual too of being recommended to the Lord. I I vaguely remember now that you mentioned it, I, I vaguely remember that talk. Yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite parts of the priesthood power and maybe this is because I'm a creative, I play piano, I embroider and quilt, like I love creating. So one of my um, favorite parts of God's power is the creation, like the power of being a create. And um, that could mean so many different things. I loved Elder or Bishop Couset's talk last conference about stewardship. And he talked a lot about create the creation and the power to get and how like God has given us that Power to make beautiful and that's that's one of the things i'm grateful for about the priesthood but uh and the creative yeah anyway so like what uh what is you what sorry trying words right no you're good um what do you love most about the power besides the temple because we've talked a lot about this.
1: <laughs> well like the priesthood as a whole like his yeah, like, priesthood yeah. or priesthood power yeah priesthood power priesthood. okay I think priesthood power is an incredible thing that we have access to because of the covenants that we make. Um, Because I always joke about like everything that God asks us to do. He blesses us with like 10 blessings in return. (laughs) And it's not like an exact number, but he's literally dumping blessings on us for everything that he asks us to do. And I think it's because what we talked about earlier is life is hard. I wish it was easy because we were keeping our covenants and going to the temple and keeping the commandments and, you know, life isn't meant to be easy. Right. And so I think he knows that, but in order to grow, it also needs to be hard. And he also recognizes that. And that's the way he created life and the earth. So um, I think one of the incredible things is that we have access through our covenants to be able to ultimately commune with God, but also to be shielded and protected from the adversary and to be able to have the knowledge through the temple and through our covenants. Like the temple teaches us how to get through life and how to um, receive revelation and but I mean, the temple teaches us a lot about, you know, receiving revelation and how to combat Satan and how to receive the blessings that are given to us and how to become like them, how to become like gods, how to work in unity, how to navigate life, etc. cetera. I mean, the temple really is a place of learning. Mm-hmm. And I know we're not talking about the temple, but priesthood power
0: <laughs> is <laughs> everything. I had a thought. So this morning I was sitting on the couch. I think I had just... I work, I listen to podcasts while I exercise because it makes my exercising more bearable. And yes. um, <laughs> and I was listening to Don't Miss This and um, they talked about the part where Satan, it's from Come Follow Me this week, where Satan, or where Jesus um, commands the evil spirit to the man or whatever, and um, which he does that all the time. And it's like, I know who you are, da, 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 you know, before he leaves. And uh but he had to leave because you commanded him to it. And I sat there and I was like, I don't, it made me ask this question. And it the question was, am I afraid of Satan? And I know um, it's easy to be because, you know, of what he can do, but, but I just had this thought, no, no, I'm not. And I've never, I've never, never felt that strongly about it. And maybe it's because I'm talking about being a guardian and I just like have this fire in me to like. Like Captain Moroni, so Captain Moroni is my favorite. And it says that he was so so good. And the men that were like him were so good and are so good that if everyone was like that, the gates of hell would, like the power of hell would shake. Like Satan would be so scared. And so like, it's my goal to make him scared. And so like, so today I was like, I'm not scared of him because of Jesus, because of his atonement. There's no reason to be scared. And uh, anyways, I don't know why I felt like I needed to share that after, But but... Um. No,
1: that's incredible, because honestly, I, I mean, I talked about it on my Instagram this past week, um, but <laughs> I talked about, like, why is Satan talked about in the temple? Yeah. Because that's something that you don't really notice, but once you start thinking about it, you're like, yeah, wh- wait a second, why is Satan talked about in the temple? But truly, it's like, kind of like a, like, it, it's teaching us how... To combat Satan, it's reminding us of the promises that we we receive when we're given the garments of the priesthood to be shielded and protected from him. But it also teaches us in the temple how to make him leave. And that we have the power and access to the power to, you know, I've I've heard about it. I can't remember exactly how it said, but it said like you can look Satan in the face and um, oh, Anyway, I can't remember exactly how it was, but it was like, you can combat com- combat Satan and win. Yeah. And we have the access to do that because Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ are more powerful than him. And so I love that you said, we don't need to be scared of him because we don't, no. especially if you're keeping your covenants and going to the temple. You literally have access to their power to combat him and to make him leave, yeah. which is an incredible and needed thing.
0: He can hurt us, right? Like, he definitely still can hurt us, but we can we can get him back. We can hurt him more, you know, like, I, and maybe it's bad that I think about it in like that way in a battle sense and I'm a woman and should it be, I don't know, but like, I, I'm down. Like, <laughs> he, you Bring know, on. <laughs> once you realize yeah. that he has no power, like, yeah. because of Jesus Christ, you don't have to let him have power, you know? Yeah. And it's easier to start recognizing little ways that he's trying to get it and like pull you in. And then it's like game over for him. You know, it's just, yeah. ah, it's so oh, cool.
1: yeah, It's all talk and no show,
0: really. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> so I have, I finished every interview with two questions. Okay. Um. The first one is how was Jesus Christ or is Jesus Christ an example of being a guardian Oh, man, I love this question.
1: Um, I just love Jesus Christ so much. And learning about his priesthood really has magnified my relationship with him as well. And with Heavenly Father, not that it wasn't before, but it's just like taking it to a whole new level, because I think I understand him more now. Um, But I actually really love the story about when Jesus was tempted by Satan. So that's probably why you felt like you should bring it up. Cause that's what I was going to say.
0: <laughs> um,
1: he, so like, it was really intriguing to me that Satan tried to tempt him in three different ways. Right. But he had three different tactics, three different ways to tempt him. But Jesus Christ showed us within those moments, not only how, incredible Heavenly Father's power is that Jesus also had power to, but how we can also use our access to their priesthood power. For example, like the first time he said, I I know that I should only use this power for others, um, which shows us that he knew the boundaries of his power. Next, he knew how that only use his power in a sacred way so that shows us that he knew the respect and the sacredness of his power and third he will he will only obey which also shows us who to listen to and follow and it was just like another really great representation of their relationship as well Mm -hmm. and our relationship that we can have with them but that he was like a guardian of you know, Heavenly Father's power that he also had access to, and that it was really special.
0: I love, I love what you said about the fact that he recognized the boundaries mm-hmm. of Christ, I never thought about that in regards.
1: There's definitely structure and order to his priesthood that we need to recognize. And the reason why is because it can easily be misused and abused. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it. I've heard about it. People have right. told me, and it's really, really sad. And there's a reason why there's order and structure because it needs to be respected.
0: Okay. Last question. Um, Who, if you could pick somebody past, present, past or present scriptures or not, just history or like today, who is a guardian?
1: (laughs) I mean, you're probably going to be let down by my answer because it's so cliche, but truly (laughs) (laughs) uh, I would really honestly say though, our prophet president Nelson, because he's, He's just changed my life. I'm really, really grateful for the respect that he has for women, not that no one else has, but I have just felt like a deep love from him, but also his encouragement for men and women to really understand Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father's power, and that we need to really understand our roles and responsibilities within their power. Um, I'm just really, really grateful because it has truly changed my life.
0: He's truly the prophet of what we need. Absolutely. Okay. So we have just a couple minutes before my kids get home. Okay. (laughs) So you said that you have a fun project coming up that you wanted to talk about.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, man. I'm so excited. So it just fell into my lap, and I'm really excited about it. Um, I am very passionate about men, but especially women. And there's my kid. So if you can hear that. We're
0: fine. We're good. Just a second. This is real life people. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, I am very passionate about people going to the temple to learn mm-hmm. and to be able to have a very incredible experience of learning from Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ in the temple, but also outside of the temple. So I was able to create a temple journal. Um, and I'm so (laughs) excited it's with, uh, simply striving co Mm -hmm. and, um, it will, all it will be all about enhancing your experience in the temple. So I just go through and teach everyone what I do, Mm -hmm. because honestly, the experience that I have, like my experience within the temple right now is not how it always was. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I would get bored before I would go just to go, But now I truly love going to the temple and I have learned ways to enhance it through prayer and from Heavenly Father. Um, And so I just share those experiences of like what I do, but also tips and tricks to like just take it and run with it according to your season of life and to just truly love, love, love going. So I give tips and guides and then there's like entry pages that You can just keep a record of all the things that you learn, and there's just a lot of goodness in it, and I'm so excited about it. It's been, oh man, it's been my baby for months, and we're really excited
0: that it's coming out. So I'm a a big-time journaler, like, oh I probably have around 35 to 40 journals from when I was, like, a teenager. No way. Yeah. That's impressive. And so, um, yeah, I can't wait till that comes out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm so excited. So when, when that, you said sometime in March?
1: Um, April. April. Yep. So okay. it we're shooting for, um, I believe April 3rd or sometime that week when it will be available to purchase. So Mother's Day is in May. So yeah. that's a really good time to, Perfect. I'm definitely going to be giving it to my mom and mother-in-law yeah. and myself and my sisters. So, um, well, we let, me that that
0: let me know. Let me know it. Comes yeah. me, well, and I'll share it with the world, too. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I definitely will
1: keep looking at my Instagram for the announcement of when it comes out. But thank we're shooting you. for April.
0: So, Yay. well, Emma, it has been a very, very much a pleasure to have you on here. And I definitely I'm going to write my five things that I learned from you today about music. Oh. So I am so grateful and I hope that you have a good day. <laughs> thank you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, good best. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Guardians of Virtue podcast. Please don't forget to give us a follow and if you have time, please leave a review. Peace out, dudes.